What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. I have a, a fantastic guest with me uh, here today. His name is Ian Luck, and Ian is the VP of Global Marketing at Customer Gauge. He's the founder of Luck Agency, and he's also the founder of Marketing Strategy uh, up in Boston, Massachusetts. And a cool fact about Ian is he actually graduated from Ithaca College, which probably everyone listening here does not know what that is. But probably. he actually is, is his college was 30 many minutes where I am right now, and actually attended America for a little while, which is less than a mile down my street. So it's kind of cool how we made the connection on LinkedIn. But enough of that. Ian, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks, Sam. That's a really great intro. Yeah, it is kind of funny, the Elmira connection. Um, <laughs> who would have thought that? But yeah, small world, man. No one understands when I say Elmira. I'm just like, well, it's dead center of New York, as far south as you can go. I mean, you say, oh, I've been there. I went to school there. It's like, oh, you're the first person that's ever said that. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> No, I know. I think the thing that's funny is like central New York, when you say that too, they're like, oh, like New Rochelle? Like, no, <laughs> a little bit further yeah. west. But. Yeah. The worst part, the worst thing I come across is, oh, you're from New York? How's the city? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. it's about five hours from me. But <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, first world yeah. problems. We experience you know. it as New Yorkers, <laughs> so it's part of it. We, we get over it pretty quick. Yeah. But um, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you show what you have going on? So what do you guys do at Customer Gauge? Yeah, so Customer Gauge is a B2B SaaS uh, product. We basically help companies like DHL, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken, um, H&R Block. They measure their experiences with their distribution channels, all of the B2B type of uh, environments that they offer. So even H&R Block manages franchisees, things like that. So we are the software that sits in their tech stack that helps them measure those experiences through net promoter score, but also some other really cool things like artificial intelligence and, and text analytics, things like that. But yeah, we basically take all of that data, allow them to make better decisions and hopefully grow faster as a result. And most of them do. So let's jump right in here. Uh, something that you've learned is that marketing team, they don't need to spend money to make them make money. Um, that's kind of a stakey, stakey round. Um, and you've noticed that they think they need to spend a ton of money and fundraise to grow faster. So can we start out with why are they wrong in thinking that way? There's a certain element of truth to, yeah, if you fundraise and you spend $100 million on marketing, you're probably going to get something netted out there. Mm -hmm. But I think it becomes a question of like efficiency, right? So can you grow with very little funds fast? And I think the answer is yes. Um, so to your, your audience, based off of what we've talked about in the past, it's like SMB, maybe midsize companies, B2B. Um, you don't need that level of company. You don't need to take on like 10 million bucks or like a mm -hmm. uh, hundred million dollar loan. 
or a investment to, to grow fast. I think there's a lot of very simple ways you can actually do things internally to grow faster. One of them is obviously inbound marketing, which is a little played out at this point, but there are some really sound things you can do. So take a, spend $10 in Ahrefs uh, account, A-H-R-E-F-S, mm -hmm. and figure out in your niche specifically, what are the low difficulty keywords that competitors are not getting at too much. Mm -hmm. So these are like your longer tail keywords and just start writing content for those. And people will find you, hopefully if they're long tail, they'll be a little bit more specific. So they'll probably have a little bit deeper intent. Um, that's a really easy way. It might be a little technical for some people, but that's mm -hmm. a really easy way to like spend almost no money and generate traffic, generate interest, guarantee you that's going to generate demo requests if you write it properly. Mm -hmm. um, so SEO is always like a great first option. Like um, I have an agency that I, I kind of do side hustles on as well. And one of the things I always tell clients is like, just start writing. Like the answer isn't inbound or outbound uh, marketing. Uh, it's literally both because they mm -hmm. both take time to develop. Second thing is outbound marketing, literally just getting your name out there in a clever way, taking that article you wrote to tackle that long tail keyword and sending it to somebody on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. sending it to an email base or XYZ, whatever you want to do. Um, these are all very cheap ways to generate interest for your business. So what you're saying is we don't need to necessarily do what maybe a bigger company or an enterprise is doing right off the bat. We can zig when they're zagging and really take a different route, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for a lot of things in marketing where like I was honestly, it's funny I'm on a podcast now, but I was against podcasting for a long time because I thought everybody and their mother had a podcast. I was like, there's no way I'm going to stand out in this crowd. And when I started running the numbers and like, honestly going on to other podcasts, I realized that in fact, the market's pretty underdeveloped. It just seems like it's a recent thing, but that doesn't mean it's saturated. It, like if you look at the amount of like, for example, experienced podcasts, there's less than 20 which mm -hmm. if I'm looking at the amount of ads being run on LinkedIn right now, hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, uh, yeah. a day on LinkedIn being spent on quote unquote experience company ads. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, you really, to your point, you want to figure out what's undersaturated and start to just maximize those channels, especially if you're smaller. I would recommend like two to three channels, like max two, mm -hmm. if you can do it, like pick two, like for example, you, I think from what I've seen, you pick LinkedIn as one of your channels yeah. and you go all in on LinkedIn and it's amazing. It's going to do amazing things for your business. And it already has, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but that's a great example of somebody basically committing to one channel and mm -hmm. putting a ton of resources into it, but getting a lot out in, in my opinion. I don't yeah. know that. I'm guessing you have. <laughs> no, I, I would a hundred percent agree with you because I have been at the point where I felt like I needed to do everything. Um, for what we have going on. And that means starting an Instagram, blogging, trying to do SEO, getting a podcast going, posting on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it was. Yeah. And I personally stretch myself thin. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how other people aren't. And it seems like there's no focus in any of them. And therefore they're pretty lackluster. And when we started hammering one or two, I mean, it's been two things. So we, we podcast and then we do LinkedIn. And between yeah. those two things, two things, we should probably probably be building an email list. Have some people on it. We get a couple people on it every once in a while. It's not it's not some forefront of for us. Um, we we don't blog. I mean, that's something that is really important that we can start doing eventually. But we're hitting two things really hard, and I love that point because it's very true. We're just not at the point to do everything, 
And it's okay to, for people to realize that. Don't be shamed into yeah. feeling like you need to. Neither are we though. That's the th crazy thing is like, um, we, my job as the VP of marketing at customer engage is to pick the channels that we have the best chance to win at and that convert at the highest rate. So like mm -hmm. I'm constantly looking at channel attribution, channel conversion rates, things like that. Um, and it's surprising sometimes like, um, everybody thinks that marketing is posting on LinkedIn or Instagram, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that that's probably the lowest ROI channel for a SMB or mid-sized company right now, unless mm -hmm. you're doing something like you're doing, which is personal brand, which is a very different thing. Like saying, Hey, we're this company and we offer the service and posting about it every single week on LinkedIn. That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think that's the biggest misconception for some of these uh, smaller to medium companies is like, if they just get the word out by posting on LinkedIn about what they do, people will care. And this is not true. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's kind of a different direction, but I like it. What would you say is something that they can start posting on LinkedIn because they might think, well, isn't that outbound? Isn't getting, isn't getting the word out? Yeah. Maybe yeah. the first couple of times, but F myself being on LinkedIn every single day, I'm not listening to you. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get tired of it. It's in one ear out the other. What works in your opinion, um, in the B2B yeah. market for even a SaaS company? So, um, we've tried a bunch of different things. Um, we were the company that posted about our, our product uh, early on. Um, I think we took advantage of an algorithm shift. So like back when uh, I was, I'm here for five years, by the way. So I've been VP of marketing for about three of those five. Um, but we were posting a lot on the company profile early on. And we have like 13, almost 14,000 followers on our, our company page. And we're a smaller company. We have less than 50 people um, for SaaS. That's, you know, relatively small in the Boston area. Um, but we have a, a upsized LinkedIn presence because we did a ton of work on that. Since then, the algorithm has shifted to personal brands. So company profiles, company pages don't get a ton of traction. Um, personal brands seem to work a lot better. Um, so the play right now, I think, is clearly, and again, going back to what you're doing, I think you're doing a really good job, but um, it's posting valuable information that is mm -hmm. relevant to your audience. And it doesn't have to be salesy. It can be... Um, personal stories about something you learned. Like one of my most popular posts is, Hey guys, like this is exactly how we want our last deal. And that's like something that every single marketer salesperson would want to see. And it's literally just like person came to the website, downloaded a white paper, nurtured with email, like all the way through the whole thing, um, all the way to like sales had six meetings, sales sent out a contract that post alone generated, I think it was like 90 something likes, which isn't a ton for me, but that, I mean, I'm sorry, that is a ton for me, not yeah. a ton for you. Uh, but um, stuff like that seems to work really well. And you tie it to your brand, right? Now everybody knows what customer engage does because you put that in the post somewhere, but mm -hmm. it's not directly selling what customer engage does. It's telling you it's right. the context of a story. Um, so yeah, I think the personal brand angle is spot on. Um, people can start posting stories like that. They can start posting observations about the marketplace. So that also works really well. Like, hey, uh, if I'm in the experience space, it's like customer success is this customer experience is that this is my opinion, what's yours. And that type of thing works really well. I don't think I need to rehash that for you because I think you get it pretty well. But um, yeah, I'd say that's that's what I'm seeing. No, I, I'm 100% with you there. Um, so moving direct shifting directions here a sure. little bit. Um, why should we stop saying the MQL is dead? Um, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and this is one of the things about LinkedIn though, is that it is a bit of an echo chamber. So like every time I, Oh see yeah. It, oh yes. Like, <laughs> all right guys, like everybody settle down. It's like, 
I, I see NPS is dead at least once a week at this point. <laughs> I see the MQL is dead. I think a lot of it is marketing. So like if you think about um, the companies that could gain from saying something like the MQL is dead, companies like Drift, for example, they had a whole campaign and I can give you the website about the MQL is dead. They have a whole whole ebook literally saying the MQL is dead. And they're like, all right, well, what do we do instead? And they're like, well, start conversations. It's like, isn't that not just the same thing in a different package? Like, what are we saying here, guys? And yeah. the same thing with ABM. ABM is literally a marketing campaign started by Terminus. Mm-hmm. Um, they came up with this quote unquote category. It's not, and I think Chris Walker says this a lot too, but it's not really that different than like outbounding to accounts that we did in the eighties and the seventies. Like uh-huh. Nothing's changed. We just gave mm-hmm. it a term. A new name. Really, yeah. yeah. A company gave it a term and a, and a name. Anyways, I'm ranting, but it's <laughs> my point. My point is why is the MQL dead? Because you still need to send something to sales from marketing. And the MQL is whatever the name we give it. Um, I don't think the the name doesn't really matter. What does Mm -hmm. matter at the end of the day is that marketing and sales agree on what a good lead is or a good contact if you have no leads, if you convert everything to contacts, you need that agreement. And I've seen really great, big, big companies do this extremely well. How do you get sales and marketing alignment? That's the bigger question. How do you get those two teams to work together and agree on everything and hunky-dory and go off and drink beers at the end of the day? Well, it's really about having an upfront contract. And this gets pulled from like a Sandler type of scenario, which is a sales training methodology. But you need to say, if marketing sends this over, it better meet this, 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 and criteria. And sales accepts it and it does meet those criteria. And if it doesn't, they reject it and send it back to marketing. Um, so it's really about the agreement. I don't really care what you call it, but you still need to send over a lead that is quote unquote qualified by marketing to sales. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think why it got a bad name is because companies don't qualify. So mm-hmm. like MQL to some companies is like they download an ebook, send it to sales. That's an it's MQL. like, what do you do with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's an MQL at a lot of companies. And I want to say there's not anything wrong with that, but I do think there is something wrong with that because what happens yeah. is you lose sales as trust, right? Mm-hmm. So you send that crappy ebook lead over to sales. They're like, all right, well, I'm going to call on this and I'm going to try to sell them software, but they have showed no interest in talking to me as a salesperson to mm-hmm. learn more about our product. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to waste 10 cycles on this guy or gal to get a hold of them. And then they're going to be like, yeah, I don't care. I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So it creates this inefficient machine. So in a certain, certain way, the MQL isn't great. But I guess my my whole point in saying this, guys, is like, if you just qualify, if you say it has to meet a certain behavioral profile, it has to have demographic, firmographic things, it has to be, you know, the intent has to be there. They have to signal that they're interested in software that could be pulled from many different areas, like a pricing page, like an ROI calculator, like filling out a demo request on the, the site. So like, there are different ways you can qualify it. My point is, I don't give a shit what you call, sorry, can I swear? Too late. You're good. <laughs> I don't care what you call it, but you need to be able to pass something over from marketing to sales. And I think the MQL is is not dead because that that is technically what it is. I think what maybe is dead or should be dead is not qualifying the lead. A common problem we see in the B2B industry is companies maxing out their marketing teams because they attempt to handle their website in-house. We see this all the time. From redesigns to regular maintenance, we know it's easy for your team to drown in the amount of work it takes to keep a website updated, secure, and current with the times. And let's face it, working on a website isn't that fun. 
The worst part, hiring a full-time developer to handle that workload can cost over $100,000 a year. Here at OneClick Agency, we build websites for B2B companies for just a fraction of that cost. Whether your website is five pages or 355 pages, our US-based team of designers and developers can handle your website project with ease. If your team is totally capped and needs help with website maintenance or even a full redesign, visit OneClickAgency.com to get a quote today. Visit OneClickAgency.com so your marketing team can get back to doing what they love. OneClickAgency.com. Yeah, so something that you guys have done really well, um, you've seen some success with it uh, over the past year, maybe more um, into years past as well, um, are referrals. What have they done uh, for you guys at Customer Gauge, especially recently? Yeah, great question. So this is one of our biggest go-to-market um, positions. So part of this whole B2B experience thing that we're bringing to market, we call it account experience. Uh, that's like the category we're trying to create. It's account experience. It's basically just B2B experience, but with a couple uh, twists. Uh, one of them being we tie net promoter score, which is a loyalty metric created by Fred Reichelt in like 1992, um, banning company. Um, we tie net promoter score to revenue. And the way we do that is through referral tracking. So an upsell and cross-sell tracking. So we take this net promoter score, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a score from zero to 10. Um, zero to six are detractors. So these are people that probably wouldn't recommend your product. Seven to eight are passives, they're indifferent. And then nine and 10 are promoters. Uh, these are people that were recommend your product. And part of our software sets uh, these businesses up to get recommendations uh, from their promoters and ask for referrals from their promoters. And then we take that revenue, we tie it directly to the score. And you can start to make bigger, large scale revenue centric decisions like, hey, you know what, the promoter pool for this product feature is very, very high, or this business unit is very, very high, what are we doing there? It's generating, you know, 20 million extra dollars for, for the business compared to everything else. Should we invest there? Probably. Um, so mm -hmm. like, Putting revenue over the top of everything is a very good lens to look through on this stuff. Anyways, back to your original question. Why are referrals important? Because they cost almost no money. So there are a ton, a ton, a ton of like growth hacking type case studies. Dropbox is a great example. I have a couple other B2B ones, but Dropbox is a great example of a company growing like gangbusters through a very solid referral program. Mm -hmm. And that means refer your friend, to Dropbox and we'll get quarter of a gigabyte for free. Mm -hmm. So that's an amazing thing. And the more friends you refer, the more gigabytes you get for free. Um, so that's a example of like a product driven referral. Um, but to break it down for you guys, um, if you are looking to spend no money and generate more clients, figure out and you have to acquire a few cl uh, clients initially, right? You need mm -hmm. at least a couple, but once you get them in the door, ask them for referrals. And that doesn't mean just ask once nicely. That means like, send them a survey. If they're a promoter, and they love your work, you say, great, hey, I saw you sent a survey, or you took a survey, and you're a promoter. Part of my job now is to make sure that you do promote us actively mm -hmm. and refer us business because that's, you know, what you sign up to do at this company, and becoming a promoter. And if you like what we do, it shouldn't be that difficult for you. And you make it easy for them, right? You give them a web form they can fill out. Um, but what happens is you get this kind of um, spiral effect that kind of goes outward um, of new qualified business. Um, and to give you guys an idea of like why this is important, why it's valuable, 
any given month, customer gauges new business. This is net new. Uh, Thirty to forty percent comes from referrals, mm -hmm. and they close faster than all of our other business. Mm -hmm. They close for more money than all of our other business, and they convert at a much higher rate than all of our other business. Mm -hmm. So, not only are they a great way to get new business in, but you're going to make more money. It's going to be easier to close them. It's, there's just so many benefits to referrals, and they again they cost almost no money to ask for. Yeah. And you guys are living proof of it. Uh, Dropbox. There's another one I've been using. Um, so we use headliner for our videos and mm -hmm. they do a similar thing. And it's, I think it's, if you, if you send the, the email, um, then you get like two free weeks of pro uh, pro. And then the more you send it just stacks. I mean, that is yeah. a huge incentive to me because I'm a, I'm a cheapskate when it comes to my subscriptions. I'm like, Oh yeah, free. But um, yeah, it works. And I think that's a great thing to implement because it really is, little to no cost um, to promote um, getting some referrals. So yeah, before we go, can you just um, walk us through one more thing? So we've, we've gone through referrals, we've gone through um, even the SEO strategy. Do you have anything else off the top of your head uh, when it comes to low cost marketing thing you can start implementing right that even if you guys, if you guys um, tried it before, before? Yeah. I mean, honestly, stuff you're doing, Sam. So like start a podcast for your industry and invite mm -hmm. people on. There's a guy, um, I don't know if you know this guy, but James Carberry. I love James. I've had him on the show. Oh, have you? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, so he, he wrote this book called content-based networking. Um, and you might've talked about this, so I'll keep it short, but basically, you know, start talking to your ideal customer profile. So like exactly what you're doing here, you create B2B websites. I'm a B2B company. We're establishing a relationship. It's very, um, low pressure, right? Like mm -hmm. there's not a ton that can go wrong in these scenarios. I mean, I'm sure there could if you're not good on that. <laughs> but, um, it's pretty low pressure for the most part. It's not salesy, right? But we're establishing a relationship. You could easily follow up after this, say, thank you. Hey, by the way, if you ever had a need for XYZ, let me know. And you do that with, I mean, you're over almost a uh, hundred episodes at this point, right? So you've talked to Yeah, you. we're, yep, absolutely. This, this will, by the time this comes out, it'll be 110, 120 up in there. Amazing. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you've talked to like a hundred industry people that could definitely refer you business. So, oh, Sam's the guy for this. I know yeah. for a fact that's invaluable. That's building your network. That's what people talk about when they say, you know, how do I get ahead by, you know, in my career or how do I, you know, get ahead with my startup idea, build your network. Like you're mm -hmm. doing it, man. I mean, that's, you're living proof of it. So I'd say that's, that's one of the cheapest and most effective ways to do it. You just have to start building relationships. Yeah. So a podcast is a great, uh, efficient, cheap way to do that. Um, I would say also one other I'd add to the list is a LinkedIn uh, campaign with like outreach, mm -hmm. very spammy, get that. But what you want to do is approach it from value. Never try to sell them, but do it in a way where it's like, um, and it can go very wrong because you get spam almost every day with LinkedIn messages. But um, what I like to do is, and I've talked to a couple CEOs this way too, of large companies, one of them being Drift, where mm -hmm. uh, I sent him a message and I was like, hey, I would love to connect. Just saw this that you did, really liked it a lot. That's mm -hmm. it, right? Send him an email. You can find CEOs' emails anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you send it to them on a Sunday night mm -hmm. um, because almost every professional that I know takes Sunday night right before bed to get kind of prepped for Monday. They're looking through their emails. They're saying, all right, what's on the agenda for tomorrow? They're casual, but they're not in work mode. Mm. That is a great time to catch a CEO. You send them a very short one to two sentence email about something they said, did, whatever. Um, and that's a conversation starter because that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's what you're doing with me, right? We're having a conversation. 
but it establishes that relationship. That should be your focus, not selling them what you do. That's where uh, literally 90% of people on LinkedIn go wrong with these <laughs> messages is like, hey, by the way, thanks for connecting. Um, I would love to tell you about my product or service. Like, I don't care, man. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, Block stuff, right there. Yeah, right. But stuff like that is really effective where you you lead with a relationship, you try to establish that, that relationship first. Um, everybody loves a compliment. That's one of the biggest human secrets. Like people love to be told they're good at something. Yeah. Um, so especially CEOs who, if you're a good CEO, you have a bit of an ego to yourself, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Um, so you need to play off of that. It's a human emotion thing, but that is a very effective cheap way to, to kind of get out ahead. Ian, thanks for joining me, man. This has been, been really good. Um, for those of you who were listening, you didn't hear our great talk about guitars in the beginning. Um, <laughs> shoot one of us a DM. We will nerd out with you because of course. apparently we both like it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you can you close this out by just sharing? Um, I mean, we already heard about customer gauge. Where can we find out more about Lucky Luck Agency? Uh, or even, or even your founders are both those. Sure. Yeah. And I think you guys heard from my dog too, by the way, he's my second in command in the office at all times. Mine's snoring right over there. So <laughs> uh, he just barks. So it's getting real over here, guys. So marketingstrategy.com, check it out. Uh, theluckagency.com. That's where I do kind of like demand generation kind of consulting. Uh, and then obviously customergage.com, which is uh, my main gig. Um, we again do B2B experience software called account experience is kind of a really cool thing. Um, so yeah, let me know if, uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn. So reach out there and connect if you'd like to uh, learn more. Sweet. Thanks so much, Ian. It's been good having you here. All right, Sam. Thank you. Hey everybody, before you go, thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. We would love it if you dropped us a rating on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. It'll only take you about four seconds. Last thing, if you're in marketing or you simply love it and want to learn more, subscribe to our email list today. You'll get weekly podcast updates as well as a solid marketing tip delivered right to your inbox. So if you want that tip sent to you every single week, subscribe today at oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast. That's oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast and you'll get marketing advice that you can apply to your company right away. oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast.